explain what I'm about to do in the next half hour. But nonetheless, this is exciting news. You need to know about this. Florence Foster Jenkins, born 1868, died 1944. A soprano in perhaps the broadest sense of the word. And there's some exciting news to do with her musical contribution to the world. Let's hear a little bit of Florence Foster Jenkins, shall we? This is called The Musical Snuffbox. I should have warned you. I should have said, brace yourselves. But I didn't. This is Florence Foster Jenkins, and this album was released on vinyl and I believe on CD on RCA Victor, and you can see why. I think I'm getting vertigo. But here's the thing, Florence Foster Jenkins' music lives on. Oh my god. I can't go on. But Florence Foster Jenkins' music lives on because the Performance Network in Ann Arbor is now putting on a musical right now about the life of Florence Foster Jenkins. And I got a chance to talk to the actor and singer who plays Florence Florence... My brain waves, my God. Oh, who plays Florence Foster Jenkins. Her name is Nas Edwards, and she was kind enough to talk to me about what's happening at the Performance Network and all about Florence Foster Jenkins. Let's listen to that, shall we? I would like to talk to you about this unique... Thing that you're doing, and so yes. you're, do- you're doing something that most people don't get to do. I know. I'm very, very <laughs> blessed to be able to do this. You, you have the opportunity to play the role of Florence Foster Jenkins. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the crazy lady who couldn't sing, yes. they say in the play. Yeah. Yes. She was a pretty amazing lady. She, um, I mean, she did her concert at Carnegie Hall at 76 years old. She wanted to sing her whole life. At her father, they, she, I even say in the play, my singing was actively discouraged as a one as a young woman, uh-huh. and um, her father would not allow her to pursue her singing career. And then when he died, she started voice lessons. And then when her mother died, she was able to really get into it because she came came into a lot of money, and and uh, so she started uh, doing little concerts for all of her friends and for charities. And then it kept growing, but there's so much controversy. Uh, the reason the play's called uh, the um, Fantasia in the Life of Florence Foster Jenkins is because you can't get the same story in any every. There's just so many stories flying around that none of them, uh, you know, you can't cement any of them. Wow! So she's she's an enigma. Yes, yes, she is, and the. Um, uh, 
some people, I mean, Jim Passanti had, he gave us so much information. We were online checking things out and, and he would just say, you know, did she, is she the one that paid for everything? And it was, she had a vanity, um, her album that her first, her, her first recording, she paid for her for herself. Wow. Okay. And so it was a vanity recording. I don't know what it was called, but it was very funny. <laughs> and, and then her concert, you know, this controversy, she paid to book the Carnegie Hall. So you don't know. We don't know the truth, you know. And mm-hmm. but uh, but we used all that. And and she was a very very savvy lady. I must say. <laughs> I must say. Uh, she liked to be called Lady Florence. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And she was an interesting gal. Very interesting. Yeah. Now one of the one of my favorite uh, stories, which may or may not be true, uh, was that there was a she there was a crash in a taxi cab. Yes. In, yes. In 1943. <laughs> And and after the crash, she found that she could sing a higher F than ever before. And I say that. Have you? You didn't see the show yet, have you? Have I have you not seen it yet. But okay, I have. I have a. a I'll, it's all in the play. It's all in the play. Oh she wow, was, great! She was riding in a taxi cab on Lexington, and found herself in a slight collision. The F above C burst from her spontaneously. <laughs> <laughs> burst out. Escaped. Just burst out. And so she sent them cigars. Since she didn't sue the cab company, she sent them a, a box of expensive cigars. That is a beautiful thing. <laughs> it is very funny. Very funny. She said, uh, people may say I can't sing, but no one can ever say I didn't sing. She, she sings. She performs notes. She oh, performs yes. notes. Whatever notes she wants. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and now you have the chance to perform whatever notes yes, she wants, yes. I guess you could say. And I guess I'd like to talk a little bit about you and your theater work. You've done quite a lot of theater work and, and singing work as well yes. as acting work. Oh, yes. Yes, I was, um, I, I was in, tw- tw- uh, in New York City for 25 years and pursued... Uh, um, musical theater was my passion. I loved to act and sing, so mm-hmm. I pursued musical theater, and uh, I loved it. I just loved it. I was I started singing when I was like ten or eleven years old. I started with opera, 
and the languages used to just spill from me. I don't know where they came from. But, mm. And then one day my voice teacher put a full-length mirror in front of me. She rolled it over and she said, this is called musical theater. You look at yourself and you entertain yourself. I said, wow, this is cool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then I never went back to opera. I just went, oh, yes, this is for me. And I never stopped. I just loved musical theater. My parents loved musical theater, too. I mean, I was brought up with that all around me. And, and I went to New York uh, in the early 70s. Just, and I was, I'm from Philadelphia, so I used to just hop the train and go back and forth for auditions. Then I moved there in the 70s and mid-70s, I guess, and, uh, and when I was 12, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, and I just stayed there and just did my thing, and I started, you know, doing showcases off-Broadway and, and uh, eventually got on Broadway uh, twice, which was very exciting. Did a mm-hmm. lot of regional theater I uh, moved to Toronto for about four years and did a lot of film and and voice animation. Um, so oh, I've, wow. Yeah, I've, done, I've just been able to do so many wonderful things, so many great experiences. And, and two years ago, I recorded my first solo CD. Oh, great. And that was really fun. Um, so that's, where, that, that's been my journey, and I, I, I'm here now. And, and the CD is called If the Waiting Takes Years. Yes, yes? and it did, okay. yes. <laughs> and I, I actually did a CD release concert at Carytown, uh, 06, I guess, and uh, 2006. Um, the CD was finished then, and we did a concert there with Jerry DePewitt and I, and Jerry is also on the, is my accompanist and the ranger on the CD. And it's available at the Performance Network. Oh, there you go. After you hear me sing really badly, (laughs) (laughs) you have the privilege of getting the CD, which is beautiful. There you go. Yeah. So so it's the whole range of human emotion. Yes, uh, all range. Really. (laughs) And, and, you know, watching this show, you do. It is a range of incredible emotion from this piece. It's, It's so funny, and it's so moving, and it's quite a journey for an audience. And I, I want people to know that they have to laugh. They have to enjoy themselves. Don't be afraid if I'm singing a beautiful song badly that, <laughs> you know, you can't laugh. You can. You can. I'm having a, a really a great time. And, uh, Fred, and Fred Love is playing Cosme McMoon, who is just... The accompanist? Oh, he's wonderful. Accompanist, I should say. <laughs> yeah, right. Accompanist. And um, he's wonderful. And uh, I mean, to be able to get somebody who can play the piano, sing and act... In here, I mean, it's really it was it was a question where we were going to find somebody who could do this, and a few people came out, and he was just wonderful. Great. Yeah. So now, so I'm realizing you are from Pennsylvania, and so is Florence Foster I know. Jenkins. She's from Wilkesboro, Pennsylvania. Both from Pennsylvania. Yes. So you yes. feel a spiritual bond. With I, her? Do, I, yes. do. <laughs> I do. I do. I do. She's she's amazing. She's quite the. She was a you know um, we were talking about her. One day rehearsal, and David Wolber was there, who's the artistic director at the network, and he said she was a performance artist, and oh, she was. Yes. She really was. Her costumes are so crazy. Can she you talk was, about some of the costumes? That, oh uh, my goodness. <laughs> um, Monika Essen did the costumes, the set, the props, everything, the Wonder Woman, and uh, I have uh, I do the concert at Carnegie Hall. I don't even know how many songs I sing. Six or seven songs, and there's a costume for each one. I think there's six. 20-second changes. I have an incredible uh, wow. gal backstage. <laughs> really, Judy Kay on Broadway had three dressers um, dress her during this concert. Wow. I have one gal back there, and she's phenomenal. Divine, her name is Divine Huff, and she's an apprentice at the, at the network. She's amazing. The costumes range from, uh, first, the bell song, 
which is just an elaborate kind of tacky gown and mm-hmm. My, I have a little hanky that has bells on it, which is very fun. Uh, I do the Serenata uh, Mexicana, which is written by Cosi McMoon. Wow. I have a very elaborate costume for, with that. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> and a maraca that I do some tricks with. Excellent. And, uh, and then there's the Ave Maria, which is her, her song that changed her life. Wow. And that, I can't give that away. <laughs> I, I, can't. I, will, I will ask no more questions. Oh, my gosh, that. I can't. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> Some people don't know what to do when they hear somebody who sings off-key, but with such gusto and such joy. Right. Some people don't know how to respond. Like, you're saying, laugh, enjoy it. Yeah. I know some people say, well, gosh, is that fair? And But then some people have remarked that Florence Foster Jenkins seemed very, very happy doing what she she was doing. She was extremely happy. She was doing what she wanted to do her whole life. And she didn't start till she was, well, she started singing lessons at 41. She didn't... In her 60s and 70s, she's doing what she wanted for her whole life. The passion this woman has, she only got happier. She only got happier. Throughout the whole show, she gets happier and happier. That's great. Yeah, it's really amazing. She did what she wanted to do. And, you know, there's a, there's a line in the show that says, Cosme says, uh, what does constitute art? What makes up the rules? It's like... He says, why is it if one note follows another, we call it a tune, but a different <laughs> note makes us wince? Hmm. Who made up the rules, you know? Right. And so that's a big question, isn't it? It's like, that okay. Is. But um, he was very protective of her, and, and, uh, and so it, the, the play is really a loving relationship play. It was between them. It's just a, and that's what really the play should be based on. The performer yes. and the accompanist. Yeah. Yes, it really is. But people, you know, people respond. Opening night, people were screaming and laughing, and then you have a quiet audience, you know, that they don't know what to do, or they're mm-hmm. quietly enjoying themselves. You know, I don't know. I hope they are. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am, and uh, I, I think it's, it's a great piece, and um, I think people just come and enjoy it. So what do you do to prepare to sing badly, but well, sing badly, but well, I guess that's I, the I vote, yeah. I Well, I stay quiet Mondays and Tuesdays. Usually I don't talk much because oh. <laughs> it's really, it's because we're both on stage all that we don't stop. Um, so you're talking or singing. As far as singing goes, um, I place, it's all about placement, which is uh, never in your throat. It's always up, up high. And I actually, I speak like a soprano would in the show. So it's kind of always sung, <laughs> sung somewhat. 
And um, I vocalize like I would for a normal, real singing. I do everything I'd prepare for as a real show, you know, um, good singing. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's harder to do this. It's not, it, it came easy to me, but uh, the preparation and staying and not overdoing it is, is what you have to be careful of. Right. Um, and I, I sometimes sing the right, once in a while I would hit a really good note at rehearsal and we'd just laugh. But, but she did hit a couple good notes. Right. If you, I mean, she didn't sing all bad notes. She, Diamond, didn't, know, she didn't know she was. But, diamonds in the rough. Right, exactly. Exactly. She would hit so, once in a while there might be a good note. I don't even know at this point. I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I'm so in tune to, to singing badly right now. It's really funny because I, I, I listen to something and go, is that good? Or, or I'll sing something that I'm doing in the show. Is that good or bad? I, I can't tell. You've been transformed I by have. the music. Oh my God. <laughs> I'll have to re, uh, reprogram myself afterwards. <laughs> well, is there anything else you'd like to say about the show and about working on the show? Um, it has been a delight. Um, as the community knows, we lost Jim Pisanti. The uh, director. Our director. Yeah. I'm uh, so sorry to hear about yeah, that. Yeah, quite too. suddenly. And, he was so passionate about this piece. He was so excited about it. He saw a great preview, which was wonderful, uh, before he passed. And, and uh, he just brought his spirit to it. And he loved her. He just loved her. And, and it's been such a great, very intimate experience because there's just two of us in the play. And there's been very few people at, at rehearsals, you know. And it's been, it was really kind of scary to open the door to the world. Right. <laughs> Um, to let everyone in. Um, we were very ready to. But it's just been a great experience, and I feel so fortunate to be able to do this. And, and I thank the network for choosing this for their season, because um, if, if it hadn't, I wouldn't have a chance to do this. So I'm very grateful, very grateful to do this piece. Well, congratulations thank on you. being able to do Florence Foster Jenkins. Thank you. Yes. This is Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN, and this is the music of Florence Foster Jenkins. Is that an angry mob I see outside the studio? No, they're happy. Okay, Florence Foster Jenkins, her music. Uh, we were just hearing a conversation I had with Nas Edwards, who is playing Florence Foster Jenkins in a production of the musical Souvenir, now at the Performance Network. Oh, hold on, this is important. So she's playing Florence Foster Jenkins in the musical Souvenir, now through February 10th at the Performance Network. Nas Edwards has done a number of performances around the country, including Broadway, and now she's in Ann Arbor playing Florence Foster Jenkins. What's interesting is that there have been a number of plays or musicals based on Florence Foster Jenkins, such as her influence. First of all, in 2001, there was a play about her by Chris Balance that had to run at the Edinburgh, Edinburgh, good lord, 
Edinburgh Fringe. Another play about Jenkins Life Souvenir, this one that's now being performed at uh, Performance Network, opened on Broadway in 2005. And a new play about Jenkins called Glorious by Peter Quilter opened in 2005 in England. So... Florence Foster Jenkins is everywhere and everything. And I really can't imagine my life without Florence Foster Jenkins. And I know you probably won't be able to imagine your evening without her because she's probably stuck in your head. But this beautiful piece, Adele's laughing song, nobody laughs like Florence Foster Jenkins. And you really have to hear this finale to see what she could do in her life. Florence Foster Jenkins, let's just let her take over for a second, shall we? That's what I call an extraordinary rendition. That was Florence Foster Jenkins and Adele's Laughing Song. Now, while Florence Foster Jenkins is being portrayed at the Performance Network in a musical called Souvenir, now through February 10th in Ann Arbor, meanwhile, another icon of the 20th century, Alfred E. Newman, is being celebrated at an event at Eastern Michigan University. There is a gallery, Ford Gallery, in at EMU is featuring a selection called Alfred We Hardly Knew <laughs> What am I doing? Alfred We Hardly Knew Thee. This is not actually a musical, but you can imagine the music in your head. This is a gallery exhibition that highlights the evolution of the fictional character Alfred E. Newman. He's the guy, What Me Worry, on the cover of Mad Magazine with the big ears and the gap tooth and all that kind of stuff. And... John Hett is a fellow who edits and publishes a mad magazine fanzine called The Journal of Madness. And he has some very interesting ideas about Alfred E. Newman. In fact, he talked about that recently at EMU. He showed slides of people who essentially might as well have been Alfred E. Newman as far back as the early 1900s, 1908, 1912. And so Alfred E. Newman technically by that name was invented in the 50s with Mad Magazine, but the picture of somebody like him was around since the early 1900s. It's pretty amazing. And the phrase, what me worry, seemed to come from a phrase, me worry, which came about 10 years before. And then John Hett has this theory that it's to do with caricatures of Irish people through the century, through the 20th century, and back into the 19th century. He's got some very interesting ideas and some very interesting slides. There's a lot to do with caricatures of Irish people and really gets to the heart of what Americans think of other cultures and what Americans think of ethnic groups and things and the way they caricature them. A lot of these 
images of Irish people in the 19th century were pretty shocking to me, being a quarter Irish. You know, it just kind of raises up the hackles a little bit. Images of Irish people who pretty much looked like monkeys. You know, you had the Irish anarchists, crazy anarchists, and the Irish drunks, crazy drunks, and they had monkey-like features. And that eventually gave way to... Well, people at least looked like humans, but there were certain caricatures, and along the way came this character with big ears and a, and buck teeth that was used in advertising. And long story short, although, pardon me, this is a bit long, goes on to influence the picture that became Alfred E. Newman. So there is, at the Ford Gallery at EMU, an exhibit called Alfred, We Hardly Knew Thee, and that is at the Ford Gallery through February 9th. And... That is at EMU. So you can go see Florence Foster Jenkins in the flesh, virtually so, wearing all the crazy costumes she wore at Carnegie Hall, except played by a real person, Nas Edwards, who I spoke to earlier, at the Performance Network. And then you can educate yourself even further by going to see the exhibit on Alfred E. Newman, the mascot of Mad Magazine, at the Ford Gallery at EMU, and that's on until January 9th. Now, I do want to say before we go that I do have some other news items that are of great importance, one of which is the exciting news that a woman in Michigan advertised her horse for sale, and much to her surprise, the horse for sale ended up in a section of the magazine called Good Things to Eat. Mm-hmm. So that really wasn't the original intention, but nonetheless, that is what happened to this woman and her horse. She got a lot of angry calls from people saying, what do you think you're doing? It wasn't her fault. It was the advertisers mixed it all up. But she also got about 30% of the calls basically asking her about horse meat. Well, you know, um, we uh, unfortunately were out of time. I wish we could talk about horse meat for another half hour, but geez, we're just running out of time. And that's just a real shame. But other events going on, the Ice Sculpture Festival is happening in Plymouth. Ice is food often in your drink, but if you make ice and you make it really big and you make it into shapes and stuff, that's ice sculptures. You can have a festival around it. It is in Plymouth this weekend, Ice Sculpture Festival, and I think it's going to be cold enough this time. Some years it goes down to subarctic temperatures, other years it's 45 degrees because it's Michigan, but nonetheless I think this weekend is going to be just fine for ice sculptures standing tall and strong and looking just fine. And the sculptures run the range from sort of cutesy stuff to really elaborate cool stuff and some that's really evocative, so it's all there at the Ice Sculpture Festival in Plymouth this weekend. So Alfred E. Newman, Ice Sculptures, Florence Foster Jenkins, Mark them off. You can do it all because this is Southeast Michigan. This has been Tandor's Lunchbox for at least as long as it has been. I've been Mike for a reasonable amount of time. And coming up in just a moment, it's Face the Music. But first, speaking of Mad Magazine, Mad put out an album back in 1958 called Musically Mad. And we'd like to hear a little bit of that, wouldn't we? Yes. Speaking of Adele's laughing song, let's keep the theme of Lawrence Foster Jenkins laughing, laughing through eternity. Here is Bernie Green with the Stereo Mad Men from the album Musically Mad. And this is dedicated to a good friend of mine. If you're out there listening, this is for you. This is Laughing Raymond, WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Ha <laughs> 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 
She 